I dream a lot. And I actually, from surveying friends, have found out that I have a disproportionate amount of sex dreams to the average person. I probably have three to four, maybe three to five a week. I mean, lucky. I know, yeah. Hi, my name's Annie Fox. I'm an editor at Glamour and I swear like a fucking sailor. <laughs> I'm Laurel Pinson. I'm also an editor at Glamour and I am a culottes evangelist. You are. And you're listening to Work Wives, a podcast dreamed up by two desk neighbors, would we call ourselves desk, desk mates? Desk mates here at Glamour on the 30th floor. And if you're wondering if this is what we're like in real life, it is. Yeah, this is real life. <laughs> this is real life. We just turned the microphones on and didn't move from our desks. <laughs> There's a really great one recently that starred Liam Hemsworth, which in my conscious mind I'm not particularly interested in. But my subconscious mind hit the nail on the head in casting him in this particular role. So we're making out on the couch and things are getting hot and heavy. And I'm I'm starting to get super anxious, but I can't remember and don't know why. I'm worried about things progressing sexually when I'm super into it because he's hot and he's doing a very good job of everything. Um, And then he unbuttons my jeans and my pubic hair and I I wish there was a whiteboard so I could draw it for you but my pubic hair is so insane first of all it's pushed my jeans out so I sort of look pregnant which is awesome (laughs) and then when he unbuttons it because it's like a Levi's 501 from the 90s my pubic hair goes all the way up to my belly button all the way out (laughs) to my hip bones and is just like not even a triangle it's like a rectangle of hair that goes all the way down my hips past my vagina I mean get it girl yeah it, and it's lush and it's springy and it's like a hair commercial because it's all glistening and Ooh, just, like a pantene yeah like it looks for your amazing. pubic hair commercial like it's the sort of bush that you wish you had and that we all just thought was cool because it looked fucking amazing and it felt really springy and great it's like a status symbol in a weird way yeah uh, and anyway Liam was super into it like he gave me this like ding wink when he looked up from it was just very proud of whatever I'd managed to cultivate down there Wow. So that is now my, my like, bush goals. <laughs> bush goals. <laughs> Hashtag bush goals. <laughs> I mean, I will put Rogaine on that shit if I have to. I'm I not mean, even joking. Gosh. I will get a brow pencil and I'll start filling <laughs> that shit. <laughs> so in honor of your amazing bush dream Thank and you. Liam Hemsworth, uh, we hosted a roundtable of ladies discussing their bushes uh, and their relationships to them. So let's throw on our 501s and get our brow pencils and settle in. Hmm. We are joined by two guests who have two different opinions on how they approach their bush, and I am so excited about this conversation. Um, so we're going to speak with Kristen Meinzer, who loves her bush and doesn't really believe in grooming, um, and Concepcion de Leon, who is unabashedly pro-grooming. Um, and we're going to talk to them about whether they do or do not groom, how often, when, waxing, shaving, Brazilian bikini. It is all on the table. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for joining Thank us, Thank you ladies. for joining us. Would we call this a bush-off? One morning this summer, I got to work in an absolute rage over this article about pubic hair that I'd read in the New York Times. It came out very recently. Um, the article was about surprise pubic hair. Uh, and it turns out that a ton of women, way more than I would have even imagined, trim or wax their hair. 84% according to the study. 84%. I mean, that to me was 
a shocking statistic. And apparently 62 percent of those women said that they opted for complete removal of their hair at least once, like nada on the situation. Um, and it's a lot. But 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 that's not what really bothered me because I was sort of like, well, well, that's very surprising, but whatever. But what really bothered me was that I was assuming most of these women were doing it for sort of sex reasons or personal reasons or, well, I felt like it and I feel frisky today. But it turns out that like 59 percent of these women were saying that they groomed for hygienic reasons. You know, like there was some implication that your pubic hair was dirty or filthy or that you were somehow ungroomed. Right by not trimming your pubic hair. And I was actually surprised that um, the women doing this are young, like mostly 18 to 34. Oh, and I, I just kept, I kept thinking about all these young girls who were getting waxed because they thought that they were unclean. And I, I was bothered by, I was more bothered by it than I thought I would be um, as somebody who, of course, did wax and didn't think a big deal about it at one point. Now, Kristen, I'm going to start with you. Today we are talking about bush. Okay, so you have made it abundantly clear that you are pro-bush, so there's no grooming for you. So tell us a little about that decision. Well, it might have something to do with the fact that I went to high school and college in the 90s. Uh, Rise of the Riot Girl, grunge. I had, you know, pink and purple hair. I wore Dr. Martens every day. A lot of gals were not shaving. We were all tattooed. And there were a lot of um, experimentations happening in the 90s with what gender looked like, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was men piercing themselves or women getting uh, tattoos or women choosing not to shave or men sometimes wearing dresses. And so coming of age during that era, I thought was fantastic because, you know, you're in college. Do you even want to bother doing any of that stuff? And so I never did. And uh, there's only one exception to when I did. And that is when I was, I think I was 20 at the time. And I had a boyfriend who was from L.A. And I like how you said that. Yes, with disdain. From L.A. <laughs> and he said, you know, I think it's interesting that you have pubic hair. Interesting. interesting. And um, I said, why? Because it's a secondary sex characteristic when someone is sexually mature. Like I, I, like, I didn't understand what would be weird about it. And he said, well, in L.A., girls don't have pubic hair. And I was like, okay. So he said, would you want to experiment and see what it would be like to not have some pubic hair? And I'm like, this guy. And I was like, well, I'll try anything once. I'll try anything once. So it's like, if you would like to, you know, we can experiment and you can trim it and it can be, you know, something we can do together. Together. And then I will say, as soon as it was gone, I was so forlorn and I didn't want to be looked at. I thought my cutest outfit was taken (gasps) away. I thought I looked really weird. And I just, I, I think my fur is so, it's adorable. Why would I get rid of it? And and it says, hey, I'm here. I'm grown up. I like sex. Mm-hmm. I guess I never understood why fur would be considered bad. Mm. Mm, well. And it's interesting that for you, you feel like it primes you more for sex. Whereas I felt like I was trimming myself to be like, let's do this. Like it was my war paint. <laughs> which now I've reconsidered, but for you, it is your war paint. So oh, it's it's the best outfit you can wear that says, hey, I'm grown up and ready. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Concepcion, now, unlike Kristen, you said you are absolutely pro-grooming. Tell us why. You know, honestly, as I prepared to come on this podcast, I thought about it more, and I don't know if I would say that I'm completely pro-grooming. It, I think I would say more that I've never felt like I had a choice. Like, it just felt like 
this is what you do when you're a woman and you sort of like remove you definitely shave your legs you definitely remove all your hair and I think it just has to do with like when I was becoming a woman I don't think I really had any when I, and when I say becoming a woman it's like when I got my period and I was like growing hair and and my body was changing I didn't really I was raised by a single dad and so I didn't really have someone to talk to me about it so to me it was just like remove all evidence right like make sure this is gone and I wasn't waxing when I was very young I was I like would shave everything but it just felt like a natural part of becoming a woman. I, I never even thought about it as anything. Um, now, looking back on it, I was always very aware that guys were looking at me and that I was sort of there for their consumption, or that's how I felt at the time. And so removing your hair just felt like an extension of making sure that you looked good for the guys that were going to look at you, bound to look at you, or at the very least making it so that you could disappear a little bit more. And when they did look at you, like you wouldn't bring too much attention to yourself bring your t- yeah right so, which is really so sad when I say it now and so but you like been, that's really what I thought about and so you have been grooming or sort of preparing yourself in this way since you were 13 14 since I was 12 or 13 I would say wow 12 or 13 yeah and how old are you now I'm 26 26 okay so that's a while and does this idea of hygiene or cleanliness come into the mix for you at all Yes. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, Like when I have my period or anything like that, like it just sort of feels better to know that like there's nothing for anything to latch onto. To glom onto. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I would see it as more of like a secondary, secondary thing. Like I think it's, it's definitely primarily first for making sure that when I'm having sex and I'm not having to worry about it. And I I know you guys were talking earlier about oral sex. I think that's when it's like a main concern because I've had people literally tell me like they won't go down on me because I haven't waxed or shaved. And it's not even that it's like a total bush down there. It's just like I haven't gotten to my waxing appointment. Um, And so it's always felt like a requirement for me that if I am going to get head, then I need to go and get waxed or or shave. Um, And I think that it's it's also it's also partly just to eliminate one other factor. Like I think a lot of times it can be really difficult for me in in sex to like come easily. Um, and so I think if I'm also thinking about like, oh my God, he's worried about my hair. Oh my God, he's thinking about that. That makes it really difficult. That e- makes it even more difficult. So it's, it's just so- like now I'm not worried about it at all. So it's like a psychological barrier. Yeah, to, exactly. To climaxing. Exactly. Yeah. And I think there's so many of those already, you know, right. around how you look especially for women in so many other categories, you know, like we'll have sex in the dark because, you know, maybe I don't want them to see that, like, I have cellulite or, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want them to see whatever. I have a C-section scar. Like, there's a lot of business in one's body, you know. There is. Kristen, have you – I know you spoke about your college boyfriend from L.A. who suggested (laughs) that you trim your bush. Have you had – have you ever been denied sex or denied head because of the state of your fur? No, but I've actually asked – some of the men I've been with, um, do most women you're with have fur or don't have fur? And my fiance even said to me, he's like, you're only the second woman in my entire life I can remember being with who has all her fur. Wow. Wow. And, um, and I've asked other people that over the years, and um, apparently I'm quite an anomaly, but 
hopefully that makes me more interesting. Well, I will say, mm-hmm. you know, that personally speaking, I asked around the offices, like, who knows someone who's never done anything to their pubic hair? Because I just thought that would be such a good story. And we could not find a soul. Could not find and anyone. You are the, you're like a unicorn to me <laughs> that we managed to find you. Um, and so I am not shocked that, you know, your fiance said as much. So I currently trim, but do not really wax anymore. If I'm going to go to the pool, if I'm going to go to the beach, I'm, I'm not at a point where I'm comfortable just, you know, looking unkempt. Uh, the surrounding bikini area, I okay, like to I, I like you. to have a clean bikini. Um, but I used to wax really regularly. I waxed all the time. And I think for the most part, I really waxed because of Sex in the City. Like if I really have to think about it. <laughs> It was like I thought you were going to say sex, but you you met Sex in the City. Sex in the City. I started with Sex in the City. I think that's when I realized that it was sort of a like a chic thing to do. Did Samantha I mean, shame you the way she shamed Miranda? I mean that scene. That scene in the Sex in the City movie. The women all assemble. They are on. They are poolside somewhere, and Miranda, who has you know kids, husband, and is too busy to wax unveils her bikini line. Whatever, she has a vagina and there's hair on it. To the horror of her friends. Right. Who are all like, how could you have not spent time caring for yourself and getting that dealt with mm. before you got here? Sex and the city. I'm telling you. I, yeah, no, no, no. I feel you. And I feel you. Which is isn't it like yeah. porn though too? It can't just be Mm-hmm. But that's also something that I'm very fascinated to know, like, which was the chicken and which was the egg, right? Like, was there always this expectation that it's almost scientific how porn looks now? You know, it's like a, you were really <laughs> examining that vagina. You know what I mean? Like, that is how open to your examination it is. Whereas it used to be that, you know, women who had bush and porn was fine and that was still still had some sex appeal. So I don't know if the rise of super trimmed bush in porn has influenced the rise of super trimmed bush outside of that, or if secretly many of the people who were watching porn were sort of like, I can't wait for them to just trim this hair so I can see even more of it. Okay, another question for the room. I want to get a better understanding of how your families or friends sort of shape the way you think of your bush or approach your bush, either growing up or even now. Well, the women in my family, um, they shaved their legs. They shaved under their arms. They never left the house without a full face of makeup. They always did all their hair up all the way. They looked terrific and in um, and glamorous. To me, especially as a little girl, I thought, oh, of course you never leave the house without lipstick. The fur situation was different. I remember I would walk in on my mom occasionally in the bathtub while she was trying to get away from us because <laughs> it's exhausting to be a mom, and she'd be laying in the bathtub. And... Um, I would walk in and she would always grab her washcloth and set it over her fur, but sometimes I would catch sight of it. And to me, it was just like, oh, she's a woman and she's curvy. And it would have been very bizarre if I walked in and one day there was no triangle of little fur down there. That's such a delightful image of just like a lady in the bathtub pulling that little washcloth (laughs) over her little triangle bush. I love that. Concepcion? Um, Well, like I said, so I was raised with a single dad, so I didn't really have any conversation around it, nor did I really have an example. Um, I mean, I do remember once like a a family friend or something sort of talking to me. It's really weird now that I think back on it, but I was like maybe... 15 or something and she was just like oh is this something that you I'm Dominican she was like is this something all Dominican women do like do you guys all shave and I was like I don't know like I guess like it was just very a very strange question but it really sort of put it into my head that like I should be doing it more regularly if I wasn't already or that it Um, might be a part of a larger cultural thing right um and I don't think it was I mean she was just like another another type of Hispanic but I, I just feel like 
I, I don't think my family was the influence really when it came to this. I think it was more outside influences um, and it was more like what I learned from my friends. Like I didn't wax until I went to college because I didn't really know what that was and like shaving I think was very much just a part of like not really knowing, knowing how to adjust to adulthood. Yeah. I feel like I'm presenting myself as really maladjusted. <laughs> no, not at all. No. I actually think that you're expressing yourself exceptionally well. I was going to ask, actually, I, you know, knowing how young you started and, yeah. um, and and knowing how you grew up, like if a young girl came to you today, like a 13-year-old, and said, you know, oh, I think I'm going to start shaving or, oh, I'm not sure how to approach my pubic hair or anything like that, what yeah. advice would you give her? So it's really funny you asked me that, actually, because I have a little sister. She's eight. And so, um, I mean, we have seen each other naked sometimes. Like, sometimes she'll take a shower with me and stuff like that. And so she asked me questions. She'll be like, oh, why do you shave? Or why do you do this? And I really don't know how to respond. And I feel like what I've been saying is like, I don't know, like, adults do it. Like, that kind of thing, which is probably really terrible. But now, I mean, this conversation is sort of making me think about what I want to tell her and what, what I want her to sort of come away with when it comes to like taking ownership over her body and the hair on her body and things like that so I don't know that I have great advice right this second but it's definitely something I'm thinking about because I feel like I do have someone that I need to kind of impart some knowledge on. Thank you so much to our guest, Kristen Concepcion, for sharing your unique points of view with us. Um, I think this has been really an amazing conversation, and I'm so glad you guys were here with us. How can folks follow you guys if they want more of your individual awesomenesses? On Twitter and Instagram, I'm Miss Concepcion. I see what you did there. That's very clever. I, very cute. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Kristen? And I'm at Kristen Meinzer on Twitter. One thing that I found, or the thing that I found really interesting, is this idea of hygiene and how your bush or having less bush somehow makes you more clean down there or just like messing around with your vagina in general. Well, and as everybody knows, or as everybody should have learned, like you just don't need to mess around with your vagina at all because it's kind of perfect as is. You know, like it's (gasps) just, it was perfectly designed like a Mm self-cleaning oven. You don't need to do a thing to it. It just is naturally clean. I find it incredibly frustrating that it feels like this totally unattainable standard like it's not what your body naturally does right so you're and like it's fighting a, it it's yeah it's a rejection of everything that your body <laughs> naturally does yeah i for me it's never been about hygiene it's just been a thing that i could play with like the hair on my head except it's hidden so if i made it pink or turned it into a dinosaur and because i thought it was funny no like people i interact with day in day out don't see it it's never been a hygiene thing for me and certainly when i've experienced bush both on guys and girls I haven't cared what it's looked like and it's never for me ever had anything to do or correlated at all with hygiene Annie I notice you may have mentioned that you at one point were interested in shaving your pubes into a dinosaur which I really want to hear a lot more about for example what kind of dinosaur was it it if if it had gone to plan it would have been a stegosaurus obviously I mean, I'd be, I mean, I would love to hear from anyone that has gone with another dinosaur, like maybe. Or a... gone with a dinosaur, period. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I mean, not period. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a dinosaur. With a dinosaur, full stop. <laughs> Thank you. A dinosaur or a rocket ship, those were the sort of the two ideal shapes I had in rocket mind. Rocket ship my... is a great one. Right? I feel like I was a really, like, basic bitch about my pubes. Like, 
What do you like do? Like when what everybody else waxed, I waxed. Oh, and then when they you stopped, know? you stopped? Like when Brazilians were in, I had a Brazilian. Because mm-hmm. I kind of want to do what everybody else was doing. Like if all my friends were talking about like the Brazilian that they got, then I'd be like, oh, a Brazilian. I should be getting a Brazilian. Oh. Like I was just a real joiner about it. I wasn't into standing out in terms of my bush. How amazing would it be to find out that everyone else was just talking about it, not doing it? I mean, they were the only incredible. Like I was the only like, asshole that went out and getting actually my did all asshole waxed literally. Yeah. For no reason. All my experiences were less about Bush than just the, like, ritualistic nature of having a routine waxing appointment with a total stranger. (laughs) Because you... It, like it felt what comforting to know that you at a regular time had some moment where you no, were like taking in, care of yourself in no way comfortable but just the ease with which I absolutely like forked over any sense of decency because this was like a thing that people did mm. like it actually sort of begs the question of like if you were introduced to the idea of a million other things that people do like what what are your hard limits in what you just wouldn't accept well we know like, it's not getting your asshole waxed I mean literally like a group of girls at brunch or like I get Brazilians and you're like well I, I guess I should so, do that so, and so I like I. go to the spa and let a stranger mm-hmm. pour hot wax around your butt my butt <laughs> my bush and I'm like that's fine I think we should go back upstairs. I know I'm going straight to the beauty closet to take all the brow gel I can find. <laughs> and I'll be going straight to my computer to Google dinosaur shapes. I'll see you back there. Okay, good. See you in 20. <laughs> all right, if you just... Don't laugh or look at me. I think I can get through the whole thing. Okay. All right. Work Wives is produced by Ben Riskin and Acast. Our associate producer, Katiri Benjamin, keeps the ship afloat. And we have production support from the whole staff at Glamour, including Anna Maysline, Lizzie Logan, and Simone Kitchen. And we're recorded right here at Condé Nast Studio in NYC. 